Welcome to the Buying a House in Japan podcast. My name's Take. And I'm Joey. And we're two friends who just quit our corporate jobs and bought a cheap house in rural Japan. The goal of this podcast is to document the highs and lows of the process while informing you of every step you need to take in order for you to do it yourself too. We're by no means experts and we're doing this for the first time, but we hope this gives you a realistic expectation if you embark on this journey yourself and we hope you enjoy the show. And we're back. Happy New Year's, Joey. How you doing? New Year, new me. Um, year of the Dragon, right? Yeah, Year of the Dragon. That's right. That's I'm I'm Year of the Dragon, 1988. Year of uh, the Dragon. Strongest, strongest one <laughs> of them all is the strongest character. I would agree. I would agree, actually. I, I, I wish I was a dragon or maybe a snake. There's a Year of the Snake, too, right? What's your animal? I'm a Year of the Horse. Pretty strong, too. Oh, yeah. Say. 1990, my brother's horse, too. Yes, sir. It's what year is it in Japan? Like Reiwa, Reiwa six. Though I don't know if it like starts at a different time of the year or if it's January first. But yeah, twenty twenty four Reiwa six. Got it. For anyone listening, Japan has this like weird year system that goes off. Is it emperors or I don't even know. It's emperor related, at least. Okay. Okay. I like to flex. I, I tell when people like ask how old I am in Japan, I'm go. I'm Heisei Ninen, just to show that I know know about yeah. Japan a little bit. Well, I'm Showa. I'm last year of Showa. I don't even, yeah, I totally don't even understand what all that means. But anyways, Akeome is what we say in Japan. Happy New Year's. The uh, the the only, it's fine, whatever, the, the, the emperor year thing. The only annoying, like the only time it's been annoying is cars. They like, they, the, the cars, the, you, you go to the, the used car lot and you're trying to figure out how old the car is. <laughs> and it's always like, hey, say something. You got to do the calculation on your phone. Why can't everyone just use 2024? Happy 2024. I like the numbers 2024. It's, uh, feels good. It's going to be a good year, Joey. I agree. All right. Well, lots happened. Whoa. What a couple of weeks. We usually try to record every week, but we missed one week here. Give us some updates, Joey. What's been happening on everything Akiamart, everything we've been doing? A uh, lot has changed. Yeah. So January 1st, Akiamart hard launch V1 launch. So this is a project me and Take have been working on since I think May of 2023, which is our website, akia-mart.com. Uh, yeah, it's a, a search and discovery tool to find properties in Japan. You know, there's there's properties on here, $5,000 all the way up to 5 million. It's got a pretty good user interface. So definitely check it out. Let's January first was our first, was our launch date. Up until then, it was in beta, and uh, yeah, we we're, we've got users now. Back. Air horns in this, Joey. I think bow, bow, bow. Bow. we definitely there. We go. Congrats yeah. to us. We got a product mm -hmm. now. Woo. Yeah, right before the hard launch, or before the hard launch, you know, we. I'm honest. To be honest, wasn't sure how well received it would be. We hadn't done too much external posting, but we did post on LinkedIn. Most viral post I've ever posted. Thanks, Joey GPT, for crafting that. First off, we got, I think we got thousand likes or something like that. Got one hundred fifty thousand impressions. We got hundreds of DMs and requests and, and so much positive support. So thank you, everyone. If you're listening to this from LinkedIn, it means a lot that you know we've been working hard on this for the past couple of months without really too much positive feedback until now. I feel like we've got an overflow tidal wave of positive feedback, which feels great. So this hard launch has actually opened up quite a few doors. We've had a lot of people coming out from every different direction to support us. And we've got a lot of cool ideas and a couple cool products hopefully coming out 
be on the lookout for maybe a wait list, right, Joey? <laughs> that might be coming out soon. Yet wait list for a new product. We're definitely on the lookout for the direction to to take Akimart in now. We did get a lot of good feedback from that viral LinkedIn post. That was really great. And now we're sort of trying to figure out the right product market fit, you know, where now that people are actually using it and, and mm-hmm. giving us, you know, telling us what they think about the product. Yeah, we're, we're trying to pivot to whatever direction the product needs to go in. So that's sort of where our heads are at. Yeah, even us buying the house, it got so much support. You know, I think so many people have been laid off this year and seeing that uh, unaffordability in the US and seeing how much we bought it for Japan. I, I think we did gain a lot of followers. We haven't launched this podcast on LinkedIn, hopefully doing that next. But if you're listening to this, you're laid off and, you know, just know there's an alternative to buying a cheaper house in Japan. And, you know, there's there's other options out there. So, so much support and love there that feels like we made the right decision, Joey, even though in the moment we were like, ooh, this seems, I don't know if we should do this kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a risk. I moved back home with my parents to, to start this. So definitely, you know, you got to take some risks to to do this kind of thing. It was scary, but yeah, 20, 2023, we made a bunch of big moves. 24. Let's, let's go. see what happens. We haven't made it yet. Our bank accounts are, are pretty weak, but just wanted to say we are donating for the month of Feb- or January and February, all proceeds from Akiyamart to the Noto Earthquake Relief Fund by the Japanese Red Cross Society. So you know, we're not making a lot, but anything we are making, we want to support Japan. We, we couldn't make this product without Japan in the first place. So, which brings us to our timely topic of today. We're talking about natural disasters in Japan and kind of what to consider when it comes to purchasing your property there. I know there's a lot on the news. It's, it's scary hearing about everything happening in Japan. So we wanted to kind of just break down our opinion. We are I would say pretty well-versed in natural disasters, Joey, in a weird way with earthquakes and things happening in our lives. So just to start it off, I want to talk about the unfortunate Noto earthquake that happened on January 1st, 2024, 7.6 earthquake in Ishikawa Prefecture. Joey, where the heck is Ishikawa? That was my first question. I'm not too familiar with Japan geography all the time. Yeah, Ishikawa is, how do I describe this? If you go northwest of Tokyo, straight across the Honshu Island, you hit Ishikawa. It's kind of got like an arm that reaches out north of the island. That's Ishikawa Prefecture. I think they're building a new Shinkansen there, or someone had mentioned there's a new Shinkansen going up there. Yeah, I know there's a lot of interest in, in Tochigi or something. We, we'd seen on Akiyamart like a, a large number of Toyama. 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 Oh, that's right. That's right. But, yeah, right um, next to Ishikawa. Yeah. Dang, Japan just can't catch a break. Unfortunately, I think 128 people died, 513 injuries, and more than 1,500 homes were damaged or collapsed. I wonder how many of those were Akia, Joey? How many of those yeah. were built when? I don't really know. Terrible news. I saw pictures of it online. It some you know Some of these neighborhoods were flattened. It was quite shocking. Yes. Uh, in a lighter note, it's funny. You had mentioned, like, is this Gaza or is this? <laughs> you didn't yeah, realize it, it was really bad. It looked really bad. I was watching the news at the gym and I was confused about what the images I was seeing for a second. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you want to donate, Japanese Red Cross Society, I think it's the best place to go from our research. Again, we're going to be donating all funds. So if you want to donate, you can also just be subscribed on akiamart.com for the pro account and we can donate for you. So, yeah. All right, Joey, now on to the uh, quiz show section of the, the podcast. Are you ready? What do you think 
are the top natural disasters ranked by frequency and impact in Japan. There's six of them. Okay. Six earthquake, top one. Ding, ding. Um, Correct. Second one, let me just think in my head. I would say some contenders. This isn't my final answer, but some contenders would be typhoon, tsunami, landslide. Mm. Has a has a volcano erupted? I don't think so. I wouldn't consider a volcano. Okay, let's. I'm gonna pick. Oh, you you actually just nailed a, a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, just saying. I'm, you got I'm, the, I'm gonna you go got with tsunami. tsunami next for, oh, for correct. Yeah, Dang. just the, the amount of damage it causes. Okay. Next, uh, next time we go landslide. Wrong. Typhoon. Um, yes, sir. Typhoons is number three. Yeah, probably maybe because of the frequency. And then yeah, is landslide on the list? Landslide is not on. It is on the list. Sorry, but surprisingly, number four is volcano eruptions. Really, I wonder what's yeah. uh, erupted recently. I'll go over it in a sec. So we got earthquakes, tsunamis, typhoons, volcano eruptions, landslides, and there's one more, number six. It's uh, related to uh, rainfall. Oh, flooding. Yes, sir. Those are the top six natural disasters in uh, Japan. Unfortunately. It's funny. I, I was looking at my transcript the other day. The only class I got an A plus in in college was the natural disasters class. I remember it was like the easiest class I took at UCSD. <laughs> I mean, I almost, <laughs> I almost just aced the quiz right now without you studying. So. almost did. But just to add a, you know, a little information to that, yeah, num- number one is going to be earthquakes. Japan is, is plagued with earthquakes. So seemingly like every decade, at least, they have a big one. Big reason, they're located on the Pacific Ring of Fire. So geographically they're already in a pretty bad spot for this and with earthquakes come tsunamis also japan just being exposed to typhoons and where it's at i think every may or october there's always like one i can't even keep track of how many typhoons there are but seemingly like they're increasing yeah i saw a map recently of like the the tectonic plate or like the rifts or whatever in the plates i don't know know what that's called like in and around japan and it was crisscrossing all over the islands these like the fault lines there was a map of the fault lines in around japan and i thought maybe it was just like in the water around the islands but like some of them go through the islands Mm, dang japan actually on the volcano eruption one which is number four, our place in Beppu is close to a volcano. Remember who was, who was saying that? Maybe it was Fumi. They're, the reason why we have such hot, so much hot spring water is because there's an active volcano. I think it's yeah. Mount Aso yeah. or something like that, right? I remember. But hopefully a volcano does not erupt. We've already had a fire in the neighborhood. We've had an earthquake in the nation. Fingers crossed we do not get any more of these, which, but... The reality is we probably will at some point, right? There's a guy on Instagram. I'm going to knock Matt in Japan or some, some, some guy like that. He does a lot of skiing. Uh, I follow him, but he's in Niigata, I believe. And he was posting some of the earthquake videos like as it was happening. And he said he went outside and the first thing, all the neighbors like in his neighborhood there, they're all looking up at the mountain because I guess they got a live volcano there too. They're all kind of, you know, wondering if, if the volcano was causing it, is the volcano going to blow? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, yeah, I, I guess I'd never really thought about, you know, volcanoes erupting in Japan. I feel like I've never heard of it, but apparently it's, it happens. Dang. Well, for anyone listening that's never experienced one of these natural disasters, they are definitely a real thing in Japan. Kind of flashback, Joey. Joey and I were studying abroad the year of the giant Tohoku earthquake in 2011. Joey, where were you during that earthquake? 
Yeah, I was so, yeah, this is the, the Fukushima related earthquake. Yeah, I was in the, me and Taki lived in the same dorm, second men's dormitory, 2MD, and I was in the second floor bathroom. I remember at the time it happened in the morning, 9 a.m., something around that time. And yeah, I was sitting on the toilet and I remember this was the strongest earthquake I, I had ever been in. And I remember like it was strong enough where I was like, okay, don't they tell you to stand in a doorway or like under a desk or something like that? It was strong enough that I was like, okay, I got to get into a doorway or outside <laughs> or under a desk or something like that. So I just, you know, I just had to pull up my pants right there and I like went into the doorway <laughs> of the bathroom. And I remember other people, I like, it was, yeah, I could see out in the hallway and other people were doing the same thing too. It was funny. I, I think I asked you or asked someone to take a photo of my room. I was actually flying that day back to California for like spring break. There was like some, it was it was some break, I think, at ICU. So I had been headed back. So luckily did not experience the earthquake, but someone sent a photo of my room and it was like, everything was falling over. Then I posted it on Facebook. I got a flashback, whatever Friday photo one time. People were like, Yo, that's what your room normally looks like. I'm like, uh, partially, <laughs> partially true. <laughs> like, no change. No change. Like the the chair was falling over, and that's about it. But I don't uh, remember too many things falling over. But yeah, it was it was it was very big. Yeah. So, so we've been in natural disasters. I particularly, I don't know if I'm cursed, but I've been part of maybe five natural disasters. 20, 2004, I think there's a big Thailand earthquake. I was there for an abacus competition. Just missed it. Flew out. 2011 flew out also of Japan the day of the earthquake. 2014, I was on Everest during that earthquake. I think 2016 or 15, there was an Icelandic volcano that blew up when I was there. I'm cursed, dude. Stay away from me. Cursed. Anyways, it gives us, uh, we're natural disaster experts now, right? I don't know if we're experts, but we've we've been in some ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that brings us to kind of our topic of, you know, if you've never been to Japan and you're, you've heard on the news all these natural disasters, they are a real thing, right? So when purchasing a property in Japan, especially in some of these areas prone to natural disasters, it's, it's important to consider. It's definitely non-negligible, right, Joey? Yeah, especially I remember we were pretty concerned about land, being in a landslide zone. That was one mm-hmm. of the things. Beppu is very hilly. I don't know when we first started looking into that maybe we were looking at some map or something like that and it mentioned landslide and we we're like oh and then I did a quick google search and it was like kyushu has the most landslides <laughs> in japan each year and i was like okay maybe we gotta pay attention to this and then we started noticing all the cheaper houses were built you know on the slopes of hills in the yeah. landslide zones but the the view was so good from that one property that where it was landslide prone remember asami lux is what we called yeah. it yeah and i mean and also coastal areas you need to worry about tsunamis those coastal properties aren't probably going to be cheaper but yeah if a house is cheap there there might there's likely a reason for it totally and i know natural disaster particularly banks will not give out loans if you're in a certain disaster zone so if you are planning to get a loan that's definitely a, a, a deal breaker i think right if if a bank's not going to give you a mortgage for it but most of us are probably buying in cash so do your due diligence. I think there's a couple ways to pull up like flooding maps. They had a landslide map, I think, right? They had just like yeah. elevation maps and stuff. So know your know the area you're looking at before you buy, just to kind of consider what natural disasters there are. And there are some resources to look at too. 
Yeah, those maps are pretty. Um, I'd say they're like they're dense. They're all in mm-hmm. Japanese. They're hard to find on the internet. You know, you're looking mm-hmm. at Japanese government websites that I would say they're like it, it's hard to get this this information, but it is out there. Yep, totally. Yeah, I think we covered a little bit when identifying your property too. We had we were about to buy or we did buy kind of sight unseen. Luckily, we had Ziv, our intermediary, go to some of these properties, and he was less like, this is really close to the mountain. He showed us the video over Zoom, yep. of like how close our house was. So definitely get <laughs> he at was, least a Zoom yeah, call. He was scared. From the call, we could tell he was a little sketched out. So we're like, okay, probably not, not a good sign. Yep. So do not buy a house sight unseen. Best case, you go check it out yourself. Or if not, have someone check it out before you you do purchase it, right? Yeah, these type of things, you know, you're not going to, especially that one property where Ziv was a little sketched out, I feel like that wasn't in the pictures. Like maybe we kind of, on Google Maps, we knew it was on a hill, it had a good view, but like, you, you, I don't think we would have been able to figure that out in pictures. Totally. Well, I, I think in our last episode, we talked a little bit about why houses are so cheap and it's just pretty common for people in Japan to be used to these natural disasters, maybe not desensitized, but it's almost like it's, it's almost expected once a decade, I feel like for houses to fall down and needed to be rebuilt. So with that, I know one of the big problems with Akiyas right now is that because there's so many abandoned houses, a lot of them are not earthquake proof. And, and we countered a little bit of this. Our house was built in 1977, Joey. So I think it had some earthquake proofing, but we, we definitely wanted, we're renovating it right now and we are definitely considering it. Like I know the city was going to support us or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things just on what you mentioned there. Mm-hmm. When we opened up the wall, like me and Taki knocked down a few of the walls when we got there and there's like these strange cross braces mm-hmm. and I cut one <laughs> off, but apparently that was part of the earthquake proofing from the 1977 building code. So our, our contractor is putting the necessary things back in place. But uh, yeah, so the, I, I think there were some standards when our house was built. If I remember correctly, Fumi mentioned that the city of Beppu also has some pot of money that they award grants yep. per year, right? Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was around like six to eight thousand uh, US about that. Um, I maybe there's like hard, maybe not hard to get the money, but maybe slow mm-hmm. for you to actually get the yeah money in your pocket. But I think they do. If you're renovating a home there, you need to check with your local city hall or whatever. But it does sound like there are programs probably all across Japan to retrofit your home up to the current earthquake standards and you get some money back about six to eight thousand american yeah we didn't go through this formal process but if i remember correctly it was like the city would send someone out to kind of taishin check your place and then they would they would then i think offer you you, there's like certain contractors that are earthquake certified maybe by the city yep and where they will then use that granted money to do the work and I remember Fumi, our fixer, mentioned like there might be a little bit of an inside job too. I don't know, right? Where they're, they could be upcharging or if you're a city certified earthquake kind of proof contractor, there's, I don't know. It seems like a little bit, we, did, we didn't want to go through it. One, because it's bureaucratic, but also seems like it was going to be more expensive to when we ha- our current contractor could do the same thing, right? 
But yeah, and I think it would have also slowed down the timeline as well. We wanted to move quickly with our contractor and get him in there. And, and so we, we were trying to move quickly. I think the other interesting thing to note about getting the city and these like earthquake licensed contractors is that it seems like it's a requirement for Airbnb property as well mm -hmm. to have at least someone sign, someone from the city licensed or whatever to sign off that this building has been earthquake proofed up to the current standards. Yeah, I think we're going to, we'll update you on that soon as we're, we are going to try to go for our Minpaku or Airbnb license. Joey, we definitely should chat after this about double checking that, right? Yeah. So for anyone else currently thinking about Airbnb, we'll get back to you with more information on that, but very likely you probably want to find a contractor that has this license. Yep. Cool. Now, going back, I know if, if you're on Akimart and you're considering buying a house, you're looking at different aged houses. I want to just give a quick breakdown of what we learned on basic eras on where houses were earthquake proofed. High level, there's three or four eras, I'd say, that really stand out when considering age for house. So anything post-World War II or early post-war buildings in Japan were not designed for earthquake resistance in mind. So let's say everything before the 1960s, were, there's basically no earthquake resistance thought in mind. So if you're looking for a really old wooden kominka and there's an earthquake, I wouldn't be super optimistic, even though they're cool. Yeah, but they're built, I mean, they're kind they're of built like tanks too. So that's the thing in their favor. Yeah, hard to say, but it, I mean... They weren't designed with a seismic thought, but they were, the craftsmanship, I think, was pretty high back then. Yeah. Next up, we got the 1960s, 70s, close to the 80s. The building codes were incorporated and more stringent, but looking at our house, it wasn't like, there was no crazy seismic anything underneath. Our house is just like concrete pillars, right? And <laughs> a couple like diagonal wood posts. Yeah, I, I would, my general impression is flimsier than I expected. Yeah. And then lastly, I think the big trigger for Japan was in 1995, they had a big Kobe earthquake. This earthquake was, I think, so bad that they really overhauled structures and building standards. So post any, if you're looking at anything post 1995, I think you're good, or at least it should be able to withstand an earthquake better. Than, I mean, just with age. But if you're looking at 1995 post that, I think that's where you're kind of golden, at least for general earthquakes. I don't know how it'll handle like a, a huge earthquake, but that's kind of the three three chunks that we see and we're considering when we looked at our house. The Kobe earthquake, I watched something on YouTube recently. There's a bridge. We actually took this bridge, Take, when we drove from... Oh, uh, is that super big one? Yeah, yeah, so from, from Kobe to the island, it actually mm -hmm. stretched... 80 centimeters and so the bridge was supposed to be something like i don't know it was like a, a whole number let's say it was like mm -hmm. i don't know a thousand meters long or something like that they had to in the end build the bridge a thousand meters and 80 centimeters because uh, mm -hmm. the construction was started before the earthquake and completed after and like the the island separated from the kobe coastline by 80 centimeters during that earthquake okay earthquakes are scary <laughs> if you're looking at houses old houses you got to do earthquake stuff. 70s, 60s, 80s houses, probably got to do some earthquake stuff. Anything newer, you're probably good. I think maybe that's why there's so much concrete in Japan. I wish I, I wish our house was like a concrete house. Yeah, I heard the concrete structures are, are more earthquake proof. And they also have a longer lifespan according to the accounting rules there. 
When was our dormitory in Japan? We went to this dormitory. We lived in this dormitory called 2MD. It was like a 1950s. 1950s. It was like a concrete block though, right? Concrete block. Yep. They tore it down, they said, because it was, you know, at the end of its lifespan, but I think it had many more years left in it. Yeah, it totally survived. I feel like it survived the best after that earthquake, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways, yeah, those are the, if you're looking at properties, those are the kind of errors to look at. Again, retrofitting is probably going to be a good idea, especially going to, if you're going to Airbnb, we'll fill you in more on that. But just expect that if you see a house for 10K or 5K, that you're going to need to put some money in it if you want it to have longevity. There is, of course, I think basic home insurance, earthquake insurance, fire insurance in Japan, which were quite inexpensive, uh, but uh, you'd need to double check before buying. It's nowhere near what I'm paying here in California for earthquake and fire insurance, but it is something to consider when when purchasing a place in Japan. All right, Joey, a lot about earthquakes. Unfortunately, that's the the real the real truth about Japan. The reality. Yep. Mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. I I do feel like our house would not have survived. Maybe would not have survived even with the even after this earthquake proofing mm-hmm. that we're getting the contractor doing. If the the Nodo earthquake had happened in Beppu, I our house is flimsy to be honest. Yeah, I mean, some of the things they were doing that were actually interesting is we, we talked to our contractor. He's putting in like an earthquake seco board. What is seco board? Like plasterboard or something? No, it's drywall. Oh, just drywall? Gypsum, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, it's like a specific drywall that has, you know, according to the earthquake code, this is what should be used type of thing. I don't know if it has some flex to it or or what it's used for, but that is part of the the, re- the retrofitting he's doing to bring it up to the current earthquake standards. Yeah. Joey, what would you say to the buyer who's interested in Japan, who's just seen this earthquake happen? and is you know kind of on the fence of of buying in japan because they're afraid of these natural disasters tough question (laughs) yeah i mean i'm still bullish i think they should still go for it it is something to be cognizant of though i trust in their the the earthquake stand their their, i trust in their building codes i'm i i believe that they've done that current building codes are probably the the best earthquake proof building codes on the planet at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I think if you were to buy a property and then just make sure your contractor, you know, sticks to those rules in the up, updated earthquake building code, I think you you have the best shot out of anybody of having your home survive that earthquake. So it is a reality on the ground. It is a very natural disaster prone country. Mm-hmm. I still think that the benefits outweigh the risk here. Totally. And just reminiscent, I remember seeing like the aftershocks. I was there, at least in Japan, for some of the aftershocks, seeing some of the buildings just sway. Seemed very, I was like, whoa, that's a, that's that's amazing. Human architecture can start capturing, yep. or, I don't know, being seismic resistance. So they've got a test lab, an earthquake test lab in Kobe, where they built this, they built it after the 95 Kobe earthquake. And it's this giant floor that moves and they build like to scale buildings in it it's massive building and they build like to scale buildings inside of that on top of this floor and they take uh historical earthquake data from seismographs so mm-hmm. this this floor can move in like in all three on all three axes left you know 
x-axis, y-axis, z-axis. And so they, they basically map the exact same earthquake so that they can take the, the Fukushima earthquake, the Kobe earthquake, and then see how a building will perform under that those exact conditions. Mm. I feel like Japan's gone this far in, in terms of updating their building code that they built this huge earthquake laboratory. Like I, I trust in their building code standards. If you can get your building up to those standards, I trust in that. Yeah, I guess the silver lining is that like Japan's so used to these earthquakes that they're probably more ready than any country. I would say if, yep. if California or when California or San Francisco goes through another earthquake, I can't say confidently that we're we're going to be in good shape after it. So I do believe that the constant rebuild culture of Japan long term has had some value, right? And to your point that the, the testing and the thought behind the buildings now are... It's going to be on top of everyone, every builder's mind in Japan of, like, hey, is my place earthquake proof? Hopefully our contractor is thinking that as well. We should actually message him about that. Yeah. So cool. Well, that's it for today. We got so far Japan, in Japan, Joey, we've, there's been an earthquake since we bought our house. There's been a volcano, not a, vol- uh, a fire. We haven't had tsunamis, typhoons, volcano eruptions, landslides, or floods. But uh, hey, we're in it for the long run. Let's see uh, if we can. Hopefully, we don't check off these boxes, but we're ready for them. Yeah. 2024, big things. 2024, let's go. All right. See you later. <laughs>